Hussey. I've asked you, scurvy dogs, it be September 19th, Talk Like a Pirate Day, and this be Mr. Skullhead and Jick, coming to you live on Radio KOL. This is ten dozen minutes of terrible pirate accents. What is a pirate accent, anyway? It's, it's like a half-assed Irish accent with some slang, I guess. So we decided that uh, a pirate's favorite letter, some people would think that it's R. But in fact, it is the C. However, a, pi- a ghost pirate's favorite letter is Booty. Yeah. So with that in mind, let's call Jake to see if he's sleeping and or dreaming. Mr. Skullhead. Avast. Avast? Avast. I was, I was sleeping. Oh, okay. I said we'd be calling Jake to see if he's sleeping with Davy Jones. No, 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 I was with your mom. Okay, not Mickey Dolan's either? No, Peter Tork's liquor. Exactly. Uh, How's it going, Mr. Skullhead? It's, uh, you know, we got uh, stuff, things. Just uh, had a wedding wedding weekend, weekend of wedding. Yeah, How'd that go? Who got married? Uh, friends of, well, like... Friends of Bill W. Yeah, friends of P... The reception's no, like, fucking boring. People who are awesome, who we're not particularly close with, but like the sister of one of our close friends. So, okay. Yeah. So we did that. So she didn't marry her brother, did she? No. So that was good. Oh, I'm sorry. When I said when you said one of your close friends, I just assumed that it was a male. Right. Why would you assume that I have any friends who are men? Uh. Right. Right. Yourself maybe it was included. A, maybe, a man who liked uh, getting spanked. A man, uh, hug and kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about the wedding. Uh, well, you know, it was a Catholic wedding, so in a Catholic church, a whole lot of stand-up, sit-down, fight, fight, fight. A good hour and a half. Just the, the songs and the prayers and the praying about the songs. And, and did you feel weird because you didn't know any of the call-in response? Or did you, did you take one of those classes on how to be at a Catholic wedding without feeling like a total outsider? I got the, uh... Having been to the previous one, and I've been to a couple of masses, and so I was, that was enough for me to be able to at least do that, and also with you. Did you say it like that? And also with you. Uh, actually, I say right back at you, buddy. <laughs> and they uh, they tend to enjoy that. But I always remember that because whenever somebody says, may the force be with you, you know, and also with you. Yeah. Um, what all what all sorts of calls and responses do they have at a Catholic wedding? I don't. It's been so long since I went to the one that I went to that I all I remember is that it happened a lot, and then I remember that you had to uh, you had to uh, turn to your left and meet your neighbor. Yeah, that was kind of weird because we were sitting off on the side because Ollie was asleep in his stroller, so we had him like on the outside edge. So we just had to turn around and meet ourselves. No. Oh. Yeah. That must have been depressing. We're like, oh, well, nice to see you again. Although, you know, Jess has been so busy that it's nice to, to shake her hand every now and again. Oh, cool. In a courtly fashion. That's what you that's what you call it these our, days. Our love is a Courtney kind of love. Hey, baby, you got time for a handshake tonight? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I have, to, I have to get up early in the morning for my actual shake. I'm just... A, what? I'm assuming that we're substituting the word j- shake for job. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
quality is shake one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, at a ceremony. They had a reception on a farm. Apparently, that's what you do here, is you, you get married in the summer, and you have your reception, like, 45 minutes away at a farm. Oh, so, yeah? How was it? It was cool. Like, a giant barn that, uh, like, all of the farms that are for the receptions haven't had animals in them in a long time, but just like a giant old barn that we uh, took over, danced the night away, drank the night away. So there was... Yeah. If Mrs. O'Leary's cow had been there, it would have been a real barn burner. It was. As it was, it was more of a barn raising. Mm. Like R-A-C-I-N-G? No, first we we built the barn and then we tore it down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you had to, so everybody, like everybody's plan was to get real drunk and then drive 45 minutes back into town. Exactly. Although we, we designated, we designated a driver. I, uh, you know, like I haven't been drinking all that much Mm -hmm. after uh, like the, the karaoke night for con, I got pretty hammered and then like Monday night. I had a couple of beers with the show, but then I was at that party for like five hours and drank nothing. And I just... Because it it was a lame party and they didn't have any beer? No, they had a lot of booze. I just wasn't feeling it. I was tired enough to already be in an altered state of mind, so... You didn't didn't see why some people feel the need to alter their perceptions in order to have a good time? Yeah. Boy, boy, did I ever not... I'm kind of a boy scout that way. Are you you growing up, Mr. Skullhead? Is that what's going on? No, you know, I will, I'll burn down the gambling house every now and again, but, uh, that particular time, and, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed watching her get drunk with her female friends, because she very rarely gets to do that. So, get drunk with female friends? Well, like, hang out with these people who are all super busy, and get drunk and chat with them and everything, so I would rather allow, like, enable her to do that. Did you watch and then discuss the movie? I don't know how she does it. Yeah, we did. No, no, I wouldn't. Where and uh, Samuel L. Jackson shows up and says, "I don't know how you do it, Carrie Bradshaw, but the Avengers need you to do it for them." <laughs> Is Samuel L. Jackson in that movie? Do it with them. No, no, no. That's just the joke that now that uh, I've learned it from the Overthinking It podcast, you make about every single movie. That at the end, Samuel L. Jackson shows up and tells the main character that the Avengers need them. Ah, that'd be interesting. Schindler's List. Yeah. Oscar Schindler, we need you. I watched two movies last night. That was weird. You did? What were they? Um, Your Highness. Sweet. uh, No. (laughs) It was so boring. What? I've talked to two people now who are like, what are you talking about? That was awesome. Like, they forgot to put in any jokes. Or they forgot to put in more than, like, two. He wants to to himself as a Master Pintsman. Yep. That's a good joke. That's not really a joke so much yeah. as a name. They're like, yeah, this, this is going to be a raucous sex comedy. Like, cool, how many sex jokes are you going to have? And like three. But it's going to be a stoner comedy. Cool, how, how, like, how are you going to handle like the constant pot jokes? Like, uh, we're thinking three of them. Like, what oh. are you going to do? Like, well, we're going to kind of all mellowly and really low-key say motherfucker a lot. And that's going to be hilarious. I mean, I don't think that it was 
an amazing movie by any stretch of the imagination. But I think it did a pretty good job of setting out to be what it was, which was a stoner fantasy movie. Eh. I think the pro- the main problem is that everybody was underplaying. Like, you can't have... The dialogue was there, but the way that everyone was delivering it was just so, like, laid back and not really there, and you just have to oversell it. It reminded me a lot of Year One. Huh, I've not seen that movie. Uh, apparently you would love it. Because <laughs> oh, it's, yeah? it's I, a bunch listen, of really I'm not saying funny that I love, not I'm not saying that I love this movie. I'm saying, I saw it in the theater, and I did right. not regret the did decision you, to see it. Did you see it, it on weed? Are you telling me... Are you telling me that James Franco phoned in a performance, Mr. Skullhead? You know what? I, I think I'm just about done with James Franco. Yeah? Is it when I think Did about... Uh, like, his body of work that I'm familiar with is Spider-Man, uh, whatever, and the Oscars hosting, which he was terrible, and Your Highness, which he was like community theater. So, yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. You know what? He was acceptable in uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Like, he did not make it any worse. I still don't know... I don't understand that that's good. Yeah, it just is. It's weird. A whole bunch of people went and saw it. Like, first I didn't understand why anybody went to see it, based on the, like, trailers and whatnot. And then apparently everybody enjoyed it. And I don't know. I'm still confused. Uh, you know, like, was... I have no... There was nothing about that advertising that made me, like, yes, really? that's the movie for me. Because to me, it was it was like the it was like the previews for uh, the the third Transformers movie, where it was like, oh, whoa, what's this secret from the moon mission? They found some alien found some alien technology on the moon. Like what? And then, oh, god damn it! When it said when it became clear that it was a Transformers movie, right. and I had kind of the same feeling about that preview, where I was like, even the second time I saw the preview, because the first time I was like. Wow, this looks pretty good. Like, this looks like it might be a good movie. And then at the end, it was like, oh fuck, it's a Planet of the Apes movie. Like, I've been conditioned by the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie to believe that anything that says Planet of the Apes is fucking garbage. Right. Uh, I've not seen any of the original Planet of the Apes movies. I mean, I just think of them as as you know being a product of that just sort of schlocky seventies, right? Style. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I the, the second time I saw the preview, I was like, "All oh, right, it's this it's this movie about the chimps. What was I forget what this was called, but I want to see it." And I was like, "Oh fuck, right, it's a goddamn Planet of the Apes. Why why do I keep forgetting that?" And then I heard a handful of people say, "You know, it's pretty good." And so I went inside, and you know, it was pretty good. Yeah, I saw like, huh, shitty CGI monkeys, and James Franco, like that. I, you know, okay, so kind of shitty CGI monkeys, I guess, but the the main character monkey was like Andy Circus mocap, so yeah, like super obviously Gollum, the monkey. It was, yeah, but it, I mean, it was done pretty well, and like Gollum, it, so the the CGI in Lord of the Rings was pretty shitty, right? But they did a good job of making. Like, Gollum was a character in that movie. You know, it never distracted me. There was never the, like, Mac and me moment where it was like, ah, fuck that thing, you know? Right. It, like, he was a character. And the, the, the chimp, the, the Caesar, the chimp in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, was a character, and it was a good one. And you felt, you felt sympathy for him, and, like, I don't know, it was just really well done. I, for whatever reason, you know, bad CGI usually bothers me quite a bit, right? Um, 
and really takes me out of it. Like the, the cave troll in the first Lord of the Rings movie is the thing that just strikes it. It's like, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man. This movie is going to be totally dated because of that. Uh-huh. Right. The rest of the stuff, like the battle stuff was pretty impressive. And, you know, I, I really liked, uh, I really liked there uh, when you saw Sauron walking around as a giant dude, you know, like that was, that was just awesome. That was really well done. Um, and Gollum was good. Gollum was good. And these monkeys are good. And, I don't know. I, I liked it, and I, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, I'm glad that I didn't just dismiss it out of hand based on the fact that it was a Planet of the Apes movie. Is huh. it? Uh, what was the other movie you saw? Limitless. That is one where somebody like takes a pill that lets them use the other ninety yeah. percent of their brain. Get yeah, takes a pill, gets all smart, starts going through withdrawals. People are chasing them around. It was a good little raucous actioner. And I think because like, I saw it after Your Highness, like this is this is solid. This is good car stuff. Car chases for Algernon. Yeah, although uh, by the end of it, he uh, it, it has a different story arc than I was expecting. Huh? Uh, who's the Who's the dude? Bradley Cooper. Who's Bradley Cooper? Uh, James Fenimore Cooper. <laughs> Mr. Cooper. Uh, he's some bloke. He's Mr. Hooper. I think I think I think of Bradley Cooper as like uh, like, like a Fox News anchor. Because I think I'm thinking of somebody else. Anderson Cooper? Anderson. Who's Anderson Cooper? He's the guy with the gray hair on... He was a, Bradley Cooper was in The Hangover, which everybody but me has seen. Who was he? In the... Uh, the the guy who was Bradley Cooper. Oh, okay. <laughs> the one who's I'm not just... Zach Galifianakis or the dude who gets his tooth punched out. Oh, okay. He's that guy. The third guy. Yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. I, I can recommend that one. I uh, still... Just thinking about your highness, I, I, I like, I kind of obsessed about it for a little bit last night, trying to figure out why didn't that work for me at all? Like, why wasn't any of that shit funny? Because like objectively, you describe some of the shit, and it sounds funny, but yeah, it was so far off in like the pacing and the delivery of it. Oh, if Bradley it, Cooper was in Wet Hot American Summer. Was he? Jesus. Yeah, he was the he was the the dude. Who is the boyfriend of the? He's the gay. He's the dude that has sex with Michael Ian Black. You think I would remember that? Uh, he's the drama teacher guy. Ah, oh, right. Who were like the only two performances in that movie that just that I just hated were the two Saturday Night Live people. Um, no. What, who's what's that girl? Uh, from was it Mad Amy Poehler? I don't dislike her, uh, but I just didn't like that character at all. I think whatever reason, like all of the stuff with the drama club or whatever, because I was not that kind of nerd, just fell completely flat with me. Uh. It just didn't it, for whatever reason. I mean, I was also not like a Jewish kid who went to Jewish day camp, but those jokes at least made some kind of sense to me. Right. Um, yeah, but I don't know the, the the drama stuff. Like, I just felt like that whole subplot could have been left out. And whoever the girl is who was uh, played that superstar, like the Catholic Catholic school girl who's always smelling her armpits. Yeah, Molly Shannon. Okay, yeah, I fucking hate Molly Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know what it is. Like that. Just that shit rose me the wrong way entirely. Like, I don't think I've ever seen her do anything funny. Huh. I don't know. Uh, she was good is. in uh, Talladega Nights. I'm not seeing Talladega Nights. I'm told that I should see it. Yeah, that was the movie that made me believe that Will Ferrell could do something I want to watch. Oh yeah, not Anchorman. 
I saw Talladega Nights first. Oh, okay. Anchorman ended up being really good too. Yeah. Okay. Like I wasn't sure. I could see. I could see you going either way on Anchorman. Mm. Now so, you know. Smart. Did you like the forty-year-old version, or did you not like the forty-year-old version? I did. Okay. I like Knocked Up a little better. Really? Yes. I found Knocked Up to be extremely boring. Like I don't. I remember watching it, but I don't remember any like funny bits of it at all. I am kind of done with Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I think he was the best part of the forty-year-old virgin, and he has been like the worst part of every other movie I've seen him in. Have you seen Paul yet? I want to see that. Yeah, that was really good, actually. Yeah. So okay, so I take that back. I remember seeing a commercial for it and thinking, "Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! I cannot believe they are making a movie like that in this day and age. That is going to be fucking awful." And then I realized that it was that it was Simon Pegg and uh, Nicholas Nicholsby. <laughs> Nicholas Nickleby, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I should, uh, I, I, maybe I'll see that. And then I did, and it was fucking awesome. Huh. I'll check Have it out. I've been kind of using the, the Redbox thing, because it gives a nice limited selection of movies, so it's, yeah. easy to, it's easy to pick one of these ten movies to watch instead of the, like, 300 on Netflix. Yeah, do you have any Netflix DVD service anymore? I have the one DVD that I'll be dropping. Did you hear about this shit that they're spinning off the DVD company and renaming it Quickster? Yeah, I figured I figured we would talk about that. Like, uh, I don't really understand where all the outrage is coming from. Like, I, I was surprised. I was surprised by two things today. Uh, one, I was surprised that their price increase, which to me just made a tremendous amount of sense and like sort of rewarded the behavior that I had already decided to do, uh, you know, which is probably part of, part of it. I, that apparently like instead of gaining the 400,000 subscribers that they had projected gaining in the quarter following that price increase, they lost 600,000 subscribers. I'm kind um, of, I'm glad of that actually. I, I was extremely surprised that that many people like if, if that is, if there is any cause and effect involved in that, which I'm not sure, I'm not sure that there is, right? I mean, because a lot of shit is on the decline, right? Like, there's a lot of N- Netflix is just definitionally a luxury, right? That is, I would imagine, a really easy way for people to be like, well, you know what? I'm not really using the male DVD model because I'm all I'm doing is looking at their streaming stuff. So that's a way to like shave some money off the monthly budget. Right. It's like just a thing to get rid of. I mean, it's like, it's the same kind of decision as like getting rid of cable. Right. It's like, well, is this adding a hundred dollars a month worth of value to my life? Right. I don't think that there was ever a point where I got my money's worth out of the Netflix DVD stuff because I was just fucking terrible about it. And I think that I was not the exception. I think I'm kind of the rule in that regard. Like, all I ever hear is people saying, like, well, I've had this long enough to have bought five copies of the DVD of it. I guess I'll watch it and send it back. Right. It, I'd, read, I'd read some interesting, like, discussion about the psychology of that, where you, when you're selecting the movies from Netflix, you are, you are selecting them as though, because you know that they're going to be there in a couple of days. So you're like, well, a couple of days from now, I am going to be the kind of guy that sits down and watches Apocalypse Now. Right. right, and then when it arrives, you're like, "No, you know, I'm I'm still the guy that wants to watch Dude, Where's My Car?" Uh, so, 
I'm going to watch that. And then you just hang on to Apocalypse Now for fucking ever, but you've already made the decision. But then it sits there as a thing that it's like you want to leave it there so that you will rise to the occasion, right? Like you get you get the kind of movie that you think of as being an edifying thing that's going to be good for you. And you never watch it because, you know, you, you don't actually want that all that often. Right. Um, so the, the first thing that surprised me was that they lost a bunch of people because I – like I said, if there's a direct cause and effect there, I'm surprised that that many people were actually willing to like sort of take their money away from where their mouth was, you know? Yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen. And I like, I ended up arguing with a bunch of people when they first announced that price increase, because I said something like, well, it kind of sucks to have something double in price that I'm using for the, the same shit that I'm already getting. And a bunch of people went super aggro about it, but then people started like, you fucking idiots who are complaining about Netflix, don't you understand that they're just charging what it's worth and they never have charged what it's worth, so shut the fuck up? And like, no, I'm not shutting the fuck up because they doubled the price of this thing. I don't think that it should only cost me $100 a month to have a phone that can talk to space, but if they double my bill, that's a significant thing. Like, yeah. we had already established what this service was worth, and suddenly it's worth twice as much. That's a kind of a shitty thing to do to your customers. I don't know. Yeah. If, if we made sure. Mr. Accessories $20 next week, they're like, well, it's still, you know, it's been $10 for eight years, and inflation and everything. I mean, come on, you guys. Jesus. But I, I think people would be right in saying they're not going to buy them anymore. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, would you uh, like? I think a lot of things that you use have probably doubled in price over the the years that you've been using them, right? Like are, your utilities just creep up all the time, right? Yeah. Like every once in a while, you get a utility bill, and it's like, all right, well, th- there's a one percent price increase because of you know, like b- because people voted for this thing or whatever. Right. I mean, that, that like those things creep up because they the services do get more expensive to provide over time. I don't know if that's the case with Netflix. I, it, it, their, their whole business model is just bewildering to me because I don't understand how they could possibly have been making any money unless everyone was doing what I was doing. I remember people get like I, I could understand it, that change to me resulted in a reduction in the amount of money that I'm giving to Netflix. Right. Because I had switched to the streaming only price plan and it's like all right that was it i'm glad i am glad that they that they were able to take some extra money from the people who were using a more expensive aspect of their service and use it to subsidize the service that i prefer you know and i understand that that's a very that's a very self-interest driven argument and i you know i would not i would not i think have argued with you in anything other than a just a sort of a you know for the sake of discussion. I certainly would have gotten pissed off at you for complaining about it. Right. I mean, did you... Did you... You didn't shut the service off, though, right? You kept... No, you but just, I, I think that I'm going to. For a, for a while there, part of the reason I was annoyed is... And I'm probably just going to take it, because there aren't any video stores anymore. So if you want to rent something that's new, they're, uh, they're your best option. But Redbox is kind of cool. And I think that that will fill the need. Like, we would no longer have access to the entire history of film on DVD, but we weren't using that anyway. So, 
Yeah. I, b- because of the way that I used the, the DVD service, I don't think that I would have been in that same boat because I, because I don't have kids, right? I just, if there's a movie out that I want to see, I just go see it in the theater because I like watching movies in theaters and I do it all the time. Yeah, we do that too. Well, well, sure, sure, sure. But I, but I'm saying you, I don't think you get to do that as often as I do. So that there are a lot of movies, there are a lot of movies that are going to be in a red box that you haven't seen that you want to see. Yeah, and I think that would be a comparatively rare experience for me because a, a movie that's new enough that it would be in one of those or like on the new releases shelf at a video store. Although I haven't actually looked at the selection of a red box ever. Um, I'm assuming though that they're just movies that came out like six months ago, right? No, there's um, like right now Thor and uh, X Men First Class are the leads. There are always three or four that have come out in the past twenty eight days because that's the little like twenty eight days is the window that they have where the studio is exclusive to Blockbuster, I think. Which presumably that's going to change soon, and then they just have a selection of like some shit that's on Netflix streaming, some independent stuff. Some older movies that are, like, thematically related to something that's in theaters right now, like Transformers 2 was in there all summer. That kind of thing. Hmm. Um, I mean, I imagine that they probably select it based on metrics about what movies are doing well in the red boxes, right? I mean, they, they, I don't yeah. really know how the distribution network works. It's, I, it's trippy to be able to log into their website and go like put in my zip code and browse the actual contents of a machine that's near me and reserve one out of that machine and then go pick it up like that to me is almost cooler than getting stuff in the mail that's some mit shit where you can like call the soda machine to see if it has any dr pepper left in it because somebody's hooked it up to a modem right um i don't know i like do, do you think it's uh do you think it's a bad move for them to split off I don't really see the end game, right? And quick- yeah, I mean, you, you said, "Did you hear about this shit?" Which means I assume right. that I assume that you thought. I don't understand the purpose of it, and it's Quickster is such a bizarrely like late '90s name. Mm. Like it's a terrible name to for your product. I feel like, but I, I have heard the theory that they're doing this so that they can quietly kill the DVD by mail after a while yeah that wouldn't surprise and me then I mean they're, well, they're yeah. as I understand it their subscriptions have gone into decline and also there is there is some pretty significant uncertainty about the US Postal Service at this point right right it, like that could I so so here's a here's a thing here's an angle that I actually hadn't thought of at all regarding that price increase our postage costs have like quadrupled since we opened the store of loathing. Yeah. Like they just, they, every time the post office announces a price increase, it is like a fucking absurd price increase. We keep having to make things more expensive slowly over time, just so that we're not losing money on it because USPS is just like, and I don't know if they have some kind of deal, you know, maybe they have some kind of deal with Netflix. That's like, all right, well, this is what we're charging you. And we won't charge you any more than this until January of 2012. And five years ago, that was like, oh, yeah, that's forever from now. But now it's like, oh, fuck. Like, we're going to start losing money if we don't start charging more. Yeah. Which I don't, you know, I don't know that that's true. But it, I, I do not have, uh, other than the fact that they are 
an organization. I don't have any reason to mistrust them. Hmm. Um, I, I, I saw this video about their, their, their employment practices are extremely mercenary, but they are, I think, also extremely effective. I think that, yeah, I had imagined that they had warehouses full of just basically claw machines <laughs> that just like dipped into big bins of the movies and slipped them in envelopes and was surprised to learn that they're just like people making eight bucks an hour are sorting right. all the mail and stuffing all the envelopes and everything kind of crazy I, I mean do you feel like that's exploited ever do you i mean what well no how I do you just how do you feel about that i mean it seems like a job right like, yeah, like a, a shitty job is still a job yeah um, I know sometimes uh, people get to exercise a little bit of freedom. And uh, a guy that I worked with at my last job, uh, or kept trying to get a movie, and six separate copies of the movie arrived, all of which had been broken in half. Wow. So, like, it seems like the per- there was somebody in the distribution center who really didn't like that movie and didn't want anyone to see it. I don't remember what movie it was, but other movies arrived just fine. It was just that one. Have I lost you? Nope. Oh, I just okay. ha- I got nothing to say about that. Um, I, you know, I I don't know. Like, it it does make sense if they're if they're trying to phase it out. the The name is stupid, but like, there's a lot of stupid names of you know, Google is a stupid name, you know. Right, and but this and, is stupid in a very specific way, like Quickster, as in Flickster, Napster, and Friendster. How many of those sites have you visited in the past ten years? Mm. You know, I I did not actually make that connection. Hey. I don't know. I don't know that I would have if you had said name other things that are that are named like Napster that I would have come. I, I mean, I know that Friendster exists, and what's the other one you said? Oh, Flickster. It's Flix. Oh, I've never even heard of that. I don't think they got completely subsumed by Facebook after a while. They're like a social media site that was centered around um, movies. Huh. Well, I didn't. I didn't think of. I, I didn't think of the name in those terms. You know what's kind of funny is the there is a Quickster uh, Twitter account that is just some some like thug gangsta sounding dude who's. Uh, uh, profile pic is like Elmo smoking a joint, <laughs> and uh, now it's there's some there's some drama unfolding as people are trying to buy the the Twitter account from him. So I tossed him on follow just to see what happened there because that's kind of funny. <laughs> so I don't know. They must not have thought of that. They do. I you know I don't know. The, uh, naming things is is difficult, right? And uh, yeah, I. <laughs> It, it doesn't every, affect me. That's the thing. Like they first, they came for my DVD subscriptions by mail, but I didn't subscribe to any DVDs by mail, and so I said nothing. And I, I just don't. I don't really have an opinion about it. It bugged me also because they kind of, they came in with a great service at a great price and kind of pushed out like we're almost solely responsible for the death of the video store. And now that almost all of the video stores are gone, they start jacking up prices. Like that's excellent business strategy, dick balls. Yeah, if you could, if you can ascribe intentionality to that process, then I agree. I don't, I don't, 
on its surface, I don't know that I do. Hmm. It, do, you, do you think that... I don't think that they intentionally drove everyone out of business and then raised the price. I think that's what happened, and that sucks. Do you think that they... I mean, I mean that's the thing, right? Like, is is it their fault that the... Like, did Netflix drive the video stores out of business, or did the... I, I think that we are seeing a lot of the... A lot of the stuff that we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis is a result of the sort of obviously impending death of physical media, mm. right? Sure. And I, and that's one of those cases where I have to feel like if it hadn't been Netflix that put video stores out of business, it would have been somebody else. It would have been something else, you know? Because, like, renting a movie I don't think is, like, as fundamental. Like, I, I don't think that Blockbuster was around as long as the average buggy whip manufacturer, right? <laughs> like, the concept of renting a movie was sort of fabricated in the 80s, right? And and We're just in a weird middle zone right now where the streaming is not as good as it needs to be to replace that store full of movies, but the store full of movies is gone. The argument that the argument that I've seen that is the most sort of promising to me about the future is that this is required in order to make streaming become good enough. Hmm. Right? Like this is going to accelerate the extent to which streaming becomes good enough that you don't mind the loss of those things anymore. Yeah. And it's, you know, it has been cheaper for me. Whenever I wanted to watch something that wasn't available on Netflix streaming, I would just buy a DVD of it from Amazon, and that was cheaper than using... Because it doesn't happen that often, right? I've bought, like, once every three months, I will buy a DVD on Amazon and watch it and then put it on the shelf and that's way cheaper than the old Netflix subscription was. Sure. Right? It's like 10 bucks. Well, like oh, what I've seen lot. with Redbox yeah. is there they give me another option to grab something random to watch on an evening and at a dollar a pop that's more than I would ever rent in a month to catch up to the Netflix, so yeah. Yeah, are they only a dollar? Yeah, they're a dollar a night is the thing. So if you don't return it the next day, then you can... Oh, God, yeah, that would that you, would that's the end for me. What's cool is you can return it to any box. Oh, okay. So like, if I was way out in the suburbs and just happened to stop by and grab one, then I could bring it back to the one that's a block from my house. Is there one that you can walk to? There's one that I can bike to. Okay, that's. I mean, that's not so bad then. I mean, if it's like. Yeah. Take the kid for a walk and drop the drop the movie off. I mean, that's if I had ever lived within walking distance of a library, that would have been the one library I didn't end up owing seventy five dollars to. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it, I it, in in this as in almost everything that happens, it is difficult for me to summon up very much outrage <laughs> yeah. anymore. I, I like watching the I like watching the arguments play out. I think it, it's difficult for you to summon much outrage at all. Right. Yeah, yeah. As a general I guess. rule, I mean, like you have your cranky moments. Yeah, there's a question about frames later. I bet I could summon up some outrage about that. Right. Still, um, defending obsolete software is a a sore point. I saw some movies. Also, uh, I went and saw Drive. I've heard about that. 
Is that the uh, one where the, the kid is rocking and rolling and nobody tells him where to go? Okay. I don't get that joke. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was good. It was good. It was all, it was like an 80s movie. Huh. In, in terms of it, like, it is, I don't know, the overthinking it guys were describing it as like a sort of an, an art house movie in the action movie style. Huh. Uh, they compared it a lot to Brick, which I have not seen. You should see uh, Brick. It's so good. Yeah, okay. So the way that they described that was like they took the noir formula and made an indie high school movie using that formula. Yeah. And th- this is this is they, what they said of this is that they've done the same thing with uh, with just you know the car chase movie. There were surprisingly few car chases in it for being a movie whose preview lets you know it's going to be all about car chases. It's pretty good. Hmm. Uh, it made me it made me uh, interested enough in Ryan Gosling as an actor, and I I had only ever seen him in this movie called Fracture, uh, which is a movie where Anthony Hopkins is like this rich guy that kills his wife and then exploits the legal system to get away with it. And then Ryan Gosling is like a hotshot lawyer who's trying to bring him down. Huh. Uh, I've not seen that. Yeah, it was I like, I think I saw it back when I had HBO and it was just on while I was laying there staring at the television. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it wasn't, and it had Anthony Hopkins in it and he was pretty good. And Ryan Gosling is, it turns out pretty good actor. I watched, uh, the believer, uh, Hot Stuff had that on DVD, and I grabbed it after we got that movie and watched it. Have you seen that? I think I've only seen Ryan Gosling in The Notebook. So, I'm getting a lot of varying opinions on whether or not I should watch The Notebook. Man. So, it's like, it's like is it's not funny, right? It's not like a romantic comedy. It's like a romantic drama. It is. It's like a romantic drama, which... Although... Eh, given that you like... Love Actually. Right. I, I would for, go so far as to say that Love Actually is one of my favorite right. movies. For kind of the same reason, like, there is some stuff in there that is super sappy and kind of ridiculous, but then, because it, it involves, like, the, the flashback of this couple when they were young and kind of falling in love, and that can be a little fevered, but then it, the couple as old people is play. It, one of them is played by James Garner, which is kind of all I needed to know. Because he's just rad. So uh, okay. like, there's a, a really sad story wrapped around the the romantic story. I don't know. Like a lot of people I know that I would have expected to hate it, loved it, and at least one person that I thought would love it thought it was ridiculous. I huh. I think that you wouldn't be bored. You know. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'll see. The Believer is really fucking good, though. I can see why people would watch that movie and think, "Wow, that kid has a real future as an actor." Because he was fucking great in it. I guess it's based on a true story, sort of. Uh, it's about a it's about a Jewish kid who eventually joins the KKK and oh, then right. uh, commits yeah. commits suicide when he is revealed by a New York Times article to be a Jew. Huh. Um, although that's not actually what happens in the movie, um, but it's it's good. It's good. Brian Gosling is a, like a white supremacist. It's it's got that kind of American History X vibe. It's not quite as violent. Nah, it's really not. There's not that much violence in it. A couple couple dudes get shot, I guess. Yeah, it's like the reason I haven't seen American History X is just hearing that there's this whole curb stomping thing that happens. <laughs> like I, I don't yep. wanna, I don't want to see that. 
it's a good movie. I would I would I would recommend that you watch it in spite of that. You know, it's a it's a it's pretty pretty grisly. Hmm. That point, but uh, Ed Norton. I mean, like Ed Norton being in a movie is enough reason for me to see it. Right. He's my James Garner. <laughs> I have a lot. Ah, uh, yeah. No, so. 45 minutes of movies and Netflix, which is also movies. Just going, hey, have you seen that movie? I have seen that That's movie. That was a good uh, movie. I had something that I was going to talk to you about, and I don't remember what it was. I guess mostly that Netflix. Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see how it plays out. I mean, and, I'm, you know. I'm it, fine with not having any part of Quickster. So, you know, I will probably keep my stream, my Netflix streaming because it's super handy. Yeah, I, almost every time I want to watch something on it, it doesn't exist on there, you know, which is which is a little frustrating. But if I, it, there are so few times now. When you were talking about like just you're at the grocery store, oh, let's see if there's anything on the red box to watch tonight. There are so few times when I have, when I know it's like, all right, I've got time to watch a movie, but I don't know what movie I should watch, right? Like I have, I have almost no unstructured time like that. Or, or at least I feel like I have almost no unstructured time like that. So it's always like I've got so many things on this backlog of things that I want to watch that there's never a time where I'm like, oh, I should watch a movie. Which movie should that be? See, I'm just regularly ignoring my giant list of stuff that I was going to watch. I, mean, I still haven't seen Citizen Kane, but I've seen Thor three times. You know, like uh, Citizen Kane is long. It's it's good. I, I I finally saw it and and liked it. You know, I, after sitting on Apocalypse Now for eighteen months, I watched it and I was like, "Wow, that was great." Why the fuck didn't I watch that before? Right. Oh yeah, because it was like medicine. You know, vegetables. You know what I still want to watch that I haven't watched is that Sunshine movie. Even though it, I saw that I saw the last three quarters of it and it was awful, I still want to watch the whole thing. Sunshine, the one where they're on a ship. Flying into the sun yeah. or some shit. Yeah, yeah. It's got it's got Cillian Murphy, which Cillian Murphy is kind of my Ed Norton is my James Garner. It not Little Miss Sunshine or Sunshine Cleaning. No, no. Although I liked Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Don't bother with Sunshine Cleaning. Oh yeah, what's that about? It's like Little Miss Sunshine, only way more precious and indie. Mm. Which is saying like something. Ha- it's like happiness, only with way less coming at the end, right? Uh, it was so cathartic. Uh, well, what should we do? Should we get into questions and then take a break partway through? Should we take an early break? Should let's, we, uh, what should we do? let's throw a couple of questions in, and then we'll take okay. taking the break. Uh, whack writes in the forum thread four five questions five one. Will we be seeing a McLarge huge revamp anytime soon? Yeah, that's the next thing. I got, you know, there are enough ideas that I, I I don't think it'll take too long once I actually start working on it, but uh, I've got the last few things to finish up on that Librum from Khan, and man, I was useless last week. <laughs> I, I must have just needed some downtime to recover from that month of scrambling around, but I was like, alright, finally, I can get some work done, and then I just went into the office and for the most part just stared at the walls. I don't know. Yeah, I just I could not, I could not summon up the enthusiasm to do anything. But like work or fun. Like I was just like sort of drifting for four or five days. Yeah, yeah you know, on a weekend, got some stuff done today. 
But yeah, McClarty revamp is like definitely on deck. Uh, number two, if I do a normal ascension, including the Nemesis quest, and discard both instant karmas, I get 133 karma in Valhalla. That means if I do three runs, I get 399, which is one short of being able to perm four skills. Can we get a random single bonus karma somewhere and run, maybe from good karma from giving meat to a hobo? You know, when we were doing this revamp, we had tossed around the idea of giving people additional little karmas here and there for doing various things, and then the idea that what that was going to translate into for the most part was like somebody writing a script to do a bunch of shit after they had already ascended and had access to all their consumables and could just get all kinds of turns and stuff was distasteful and so then we started thinking about like well maybe we only do it if you do it in run but then there's no good way to actually describe that to people so it's like at that point you're kind of punishing the people who do it earnestly Mm. after the run and at the end I was just like you know let's just skip it like this is fine this is way way more generous than it was before with perming skills and having awesome toys to play with in your next run like it's fine. It is fine the way it is. We don't actually need to sit there and figure out like, well, okay, so should you get a karma for fixing Harold's hammer or whatever? You know, and instead of having to just overthink all of that and instead of just like putting in something that I knew was going to make me sad eventually, we were just like, eh. Now, you know, 399 karma is still 99 more than 300, you know? So you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Number three. Instead of being subtle, I'll outright ask. If I beat somebody's butt while on the fist path, can you write code so that the butt's owner receives the message, X fisted your ass? Uh, no. No? Not going to have the game make jokes like that. You could, like, you could code that, for sure. But you're not going to. Yeah. No, I definitely can. I mean, if you're trying to, like, I bet you can't write code that says I fisted, uh, bet noir's ass. And I'll be like, oh, I bet I could. Um, but you're not going to bait me into that? Yeah, no matter how good at baiting you are. <clears throat> yeah, Number four. Yeah. What? It's weird what do you to, think? It's weird to think how... Like, at the beginning of this game, we might have done that on a lark. Yeah. And, and then been surprised when people viewed it as a sexual assault if somebody did that to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, we're not. I wasn't even thinking of that angle. I, I wasn't. I, I hadn't. It hadn't occurred to me that somebody would be offended by that. I just thought that. Uh, I thought that it. It was you know maybe one notch down from the level of discourse that I'm comfortable with, and so two or three down from the level that you're comfortable with. <laughs> sure. Well, no, I agree that it is. It's a little more than we would bargain for, even back yeah. in the day. And, you know, I mean, I made some jokes that were definitely jokes about haha fisting or whatever. You know, but they were. They, they were. were I think if you weren't already leaning that way, you maybe you wouldn't catch them. Yeah, I think they were oblique enough that a little kid would not know that they were a, an innuendo. Yeah, which is usually. I think. I think you know that tends to be what the angel on my shoulder is telling me about the innuendo that goes in here. You know, like we're not going to put up a constellation that's like the cunt, right? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, this is even even the pussy. I think yeah. if somebody had suggested like a cat that was the pussy, I don't think I would have done that. No. And it's weird. You know, I like, wouldn't have been able to explain like, why. 
that that's so different from the muff. Yeah. But I, all I can say is, you know. Yeah. Like, I think the cock doing, like, a chicken for the male ones would have been overboard, too. Yeah. And why is that? I think it had to yeah. be just a slightly less common, like, I don't know anybody who says the box or the little man in the canoe. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the Bush. Twa. But Bush is so many other things, too. Yeah. Do we do the Bush? Yeah, there's a Bush. Okay. We make jokes about uh, the band Bush, and we encourage readers to write their own political joke. Oh, okay. That's that's topical. Timely. Yeah. Uh, number four. Do you feel bad knowing that there's amazing content that nobody will ever see again, like Crimbo events? No, not even a little bit. I feel terrible all the time. I lose. <laughs> Limited sleep. time events allow us to throw a bunch of content at the game that does not stay there, adding infinitely increasing amounts of complexity to the game. Sure. Right. So it gives us a chance to really flex a lot. Of, like it gives us a chance to experiment with things that maybe don't work. You know, it gives us a chance to do things that are maybe unpopular, so that we can see. Well, okay, now we've learned something about how to make the core game better for people by doing this. Also, I think a lot of that content, you wouldn't think it was so amazing if it was still there. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, the, like, the, the, you know, the Limerick Dungeon. If the Limerick Dungeon had been a thing that was only open for a week, we would regularly get things like, when's the Limerick Dungeon coming back? Are you, aren't you sad that the Limerick Dungeon's not there anymore? Whereas now, everybody's like, oh, fuck the Limerick Dungeon. I'm not going to spend any time in there. That's dumb. Yeah. The Limericks are funny. Yeah, but it is, a, you know, it's it's a, a bunch of content in search of a reason to, to exist, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it was, if we had had a whole series of them, then that would have worked out a little better. You know, even the, even the haiku dungeon was, it was gimmicky, you know. And, like, now it's still pretty gimmicky, but I think that it, sh- like... Fucking aid that I put a lot of work into that, and I think it shows a little more now. Yeah, it's um, also got a gimmick that's really cool. It changes the way that the entire game looks for a little bit. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, whereas the Limerick Dungeon, you know, there's good Limericks. Uh, but there are only a fixed number of Limericks. What we need to do is write a Limerick generator. Yeah, boy. That's a thing that'd that be, happen. Be hard. Eventually, there will be AI that could just write funny limericks in real time. I mean, even an AI that could write acceptable limericks that scan that didn't make any sense would be hilarious. Is there? Yeah, a, you think? Yeah. Is there a dictionary that's all marked up with uh, syllables in iams and feet? Get a dictionary with a metrical markup, because then you could just say like pick X number of dactyls and trochees and shit to make that a, a valid line and then make sure the lines rhyme and yeah, hey I'll bet you can't program a program that writes lyrics <laughs> well, uh, you know I'll, we... bet that, I'll bet that will be a great use of your time we are embarking on a fairly long uh, a, a fairly l- like large in scope project that involves a significant amount of like dictionary annotation and processing 
Um, we could probably do all kinds of crazy shit. Are you referring to our new handwritten and illuminated copy of the Oxford English Dictionary? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was talking about. So I'm going to be busy on that shit for a while. And motation. Number five, he writes to Mr. Skullhead. Have you considered buying a skull and wearing it on your head, possibly without the jaw? I already have a skull inside of my head with a jaw. Oh, okay. So, it's fine. Uh, he also wants to know when the next episode of Lars the Siberian is. And whenever there's a, whenever he is needed, he shall arise. Wait, he, he does? Yeah. Should you huh, need Maybe him? he edited that after I... Uh... Oh, yeah, he totally did. He edited a number six in, in between the time that I loaded it and started reading it. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, I'm out of beer. Okay, well, that's a tragedy. A tragedy. Oof. So Minnesotan today. Um, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll be back in, you know, minutes. One of the songs that for the break is a mini-bosses song, so we'll be back in a half an hour. All right, thanks for sticking with us through the uh, weirdness. You gotta get Jake back. Big Jack. Oh. Jack Black. Hey. We're back. We're Jack on the air. Cool. I said we gotta get Jake back. Back Jack. Black. Jack. Paddywhack. I'm back in black. I'm back to black. I'm Bracken Flack. Those weren't words. Bracken. Yeah, whatever. I, uh, yeah, so apparently when the broadcasting software hit that Miniboss song, it just choked. It decided it preferred death. And it just uh, locked up, crashed everything. But we're back. What? Why do you play? Did you play the mini bosses just so you could make fun of the mini bosses, Mister Skullhead? No, I was going to play a little something from everybody that played at con. Mm. And so I had my Black Carl and I had my MC Front a lot, and I have like a single mini bosses song, which apparently is corrupt somehow. So, oh. what uh, what song was it supposed to be? Mega Man Two, I think. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes of Mega Man Two. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, you know. Icelight wrote, Will we ever see any steampunk slash gas lamp material? Is the clockwork stuff as close as we'll ever get? Uh, I don't know. I like steam. I like steampunk stuff. I don't care that it's all played out. Yeah, it. it's one of those things where if you're not reading, like, Gizmodo or something, you don't know that steampunk's, like, totally over, and it just looks cool to see, like, a dude with a proton pack all covered in gears and copper. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, like, you know, that is that is a visual aesthetic that is cool. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the clockwork, you know, any clockwork stuff in a fantasy environment, I think, is kind of steampunk, right? Sure. What is gas lamp? I've I don't know. All, all I know is the district. Yeah, yeah. Gas lamp. Oh, gas lamp fantasy. I oh. see. According to Wikipedia, uh, generally speaking, this particular realm of fantasy employs a Victorian slash Edwardian era setting. Uh, gas lamp fantasy genre is not to be confused with steampunk, which usually has more of a super science edge and uchronic tone. Uh, uh, now I'm going to follow that to see what an uchronic tone is. You know, I'm talking about an uchronic tone. Wait, Dracula by Bram Stoker is. <laughs> a reference for gaslight fantasy literature. Uh-huh. 
It was coined by uh, Kaja Foglio to differentiate her comic, Girl Genius, from conventional steampunk fiction. Okay, so I think this is genre wankery. And I seriously, like, anybody telling me that Girl Genius isn't steampunk, even the creators thereof, uh, is misled, I feel like. You think? Yeah, it smacks of an attempt to be like, no, we're not part of that played out genre. We're something incredibly different. Like, no, Euchronia refers to a hypothetical or fictional time period of our world in contrast to altogether fictional lands or worlds. Huh. So the Hyborian Age, uh, I see. So Robert, Robert Howard's stuff is Euchronian because it is like pre-pre-prehistoric Earth, right? Whereas Middle Earth may or may not be. Yeah, we never figured that part out, right? The, whether or not Middle Earth is Earth. Yeah, I mean, he never says, right? Right. Hmm. Yeah, well, interesting. Uh, is Kingdom of Loathing euchronic? Kingdom of Loathing is euphoric. It's occasionally euphemistic. Uh, Southwest says, When used in combat, the D12 combat messages list spells that sound like they should be elemental. For instance, gas bucket, but they all deal cold damage. This is unintentional, right? Or is there something funny I'm missing? Now, I knew people would complain about this. It would have been a lot more complicated to divide those up elementally and then pick an element and some because sometimes there weren't elements i could have done it but i didn't think it was worth it i thought it would be funny it's not supposed to always deal cold damage so that might have i I thought that might have been a bug but then i looked at it and i don't think that it always deals cold damage i think it deals random elemental damage so maybe you've got some weird rosencrantz and guildenstern thing going southwest are you actually a character in a play if you flip a coin a thousand times will it come up heads every time is all that you remember that somebody called for you and you came? Uh, like in Happiness. Right. Boy, I, I wish that uh, there had been more of Happiness and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah. Now you could have had a scene where, like, Tim Roth ejaculates on a paper airplane and folds it up and launches it. Yeah. Like Gary Oldman lying on a coffin going, What is death like? Is it like having a boner? Was that, a, a, was that a, a lot from happiness? Uh, I don't know. The uh, There's the whole what is death speech from Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. You could have had a scene where uh, Gary Oldman tearfully asks Tim Roth if Tim Roth would fuck him, and he, sa- and he could say, nay, I would jerk off instead, cousin. Barely. <laughs> Barely. I would jerk off instead. <laughs> In my jerkin. Yeah. What uh, what do you think they did, did? Did Shakespeare have any masturbation euphemisms? Did he coin any? I'll bet he did. Uh, you know, it's possible that Shakespeare invented the word wank. We could. I think. Uh, I don't know. They had. I think that high school is the wrong time to learn about Shakespeare, but that's the only time that anybody ever does because half of the jokes, if you don't have a cool teacher, they won't tell you them. Yeah. You know, like, here comes Romeo without his row being a, like, here comes Romeo without that thing that smells like fish, his girlfriend's cunt. Yeah, is, right. is that what that means? Yeah. Really? Uh, you know, yep. I have never once encountered a vagina and thought, that smells like fish. Yeah, I don't what I have I encountered is, like, jokes 
that imply that a vagina smells like fish. Like the blind lesbians in a fish market kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, man. It, I, I've never experienced Have you experienced that? No, no. I've never encountered an unpleasant vagina, which apparently I'm lucky and there are plenty of them out there. I mean, I've, I've certainly encountered some unpleasant cunts in my day. But <laughs> not in a literal sense. Exactly. Not in a literal sense. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what that's all about. Maybe, maybe back in the day when there was poorer hygiene. I remember a lot of, a lot of what I know about a lot of things comes from uh, reading copies of uh, Truly Tasteless Jokes, Volumes 1 and 2, right. uh, which my dad had in paperback. Um, and most of them I just didn't really understand when I was a kid. And I, if I went back and read them now, I'm curious as to whether or not I would think that they were funny or if I would learn some things about myself, like, oh, this is where I got that fucked up idea about how boobs work. I, I remember Truly Tasteless Jokes having just tons and tons of racist jokes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, there were sections of, like, jokes about Asians, jokes about the Negroes. Yeah, okay. Jokes about the Negro League. Maybe that's where I learned all of my racial stereotypes. Maybe, in other words, Mr. Skullhead, that's how I learned to be hilarious. Could be. Once you once you got a little taste into your tasteless jokes, then they were just jokes. Yep. Nobody likes that. Uh, let's see. There's been a thread floating around about new categories to add to mall searching. Uh, this is Giar dreading this, as well as other ideas for changes that could be made. What do you guys think of the following? I know some have been asked before, but I thought I should at least give you the opportunity to skip them. A, removing or lowering the mall minimum price on objects not sold at NPC stores. I still... I guess I can understand why people want to be able to sell stuff at the mall for, like, nothing. Um, The mall minimum was instituted in response to the this crazy number of like 10 meat sales that would somebody would be like all right there's thousands of items in the mall in my mall store for 10 meat each and they would just bring the servers to their knees right and so they're like you know what this is this is not what this is for if you want to do something philanthropically just give shit away don't like put, you know yeah it, it, I, I don't understand what it is that drives people to want to use the mall for stuff that is essentially valueless right yeah like yeah i don't know i don't know maybe you know they, they want to be able to give stuff to people who need it without actually having to interact with people maybe yeah you know it's not like i'm absolutely certain that i'm right or that it's a good idea it's just it i, I think having it so a certain minimum exists for objects that you can sell in the mall means that the mall does not get flooded with a bunch of useless garbage right it instead gets flooded with useless garbage that is at nine 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 fucking eight because that's the threshold below which the mall stops paying attention to that bullshit right which drives me fucking crazy because that's not what the goddamn mall is for you know in this like diablo 3 beta thing they have the they have the auction house for in-game currency out there 
And there is so much shit in that auction house that is being sold for more gold than anybody could possibly have. And it's just like, why the fuck would you put that in there? Why the fuck does somebody in KOL have shit in their store that is, oh, this is a bat guano for 9990 you know, or for whatever the fucking maximum price is. Why the fuck are you doing that? What are you trying to get by do what benefit is this to you? What benefit is this to anybody? Yeah. Why would someone do that? Like, why are you not just like drawing drawing pictures in the sand and then scuffing them up with your feet so that you can draw them again all day? Like, if your if your goal <laughs> is just to waste time doing nonsense, why is this the form that you're doing it in? Man, remember when I said I couldn't summon up any outrage? Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. uh, that's quote worthy. Uh, number B, adding an item of the month or price search parameter. The item of the month thing I could see, like somebody wanted to do a search that's just for Mr. Store items. I don't know that there is any such designator anymore. Um, mall interaction from Hanks. Yeah, yeah, someday. And D, sorting mall searches by item effects like plus item, plus meat, etc. Yeah, okay. I can understand why you want that now. Now that you can see it in... Uh, inventory like that and people like that I don't know about that though the mall search is already about as cumbersome as I'm willing to allow it to be on an unrelated note how large is a meat how much does one unit of the kingdom's currency weigh well to the first question uh, it depends on who you ask oh hey I've often wondered about that and like the answer that would make the most sense like in the comic I've just kind of avoided having any financial transactions pictured because I don't want to get into that but like what would make the most sense in a world would be like a piece of paper that says one meat on it the way that ours say one dollar right or a coin that says you know half meat well I mean no given that given that a lot of the meat is narratively carved from the bones of your slain foes Sure. Right? No, I'm not saying that it makes sense in the game how it's written, but, like, if if there were, like, a Kingdom of Loathing movie, probably we wouldn't have people with pockets full of fresh meat. I think that would be kind of funny, actually. Like, you, you got a money clip with some bologna in it. Right. I like that we've started doing, like, the five dents, and that'll cost a pretty porterhouse and stuff kind of evolving the slang that would happen around a meat-based currency. Right. I don't know, like, what's a, what's a good... What's a, what's the... Uh, up to 20 minion. Right. What What is the uh, recommended serving of red meat? I, probably zero. Does anybody... Does any nutritional agency recommend consuming red meat? <laughs> Uh, recommended serving red meat. The first one is red meat consumption linked to colorectal cancer. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, right. Also linked to ascension and survival of mankind as a species. Yep. Just saying. Um, boy, you know what I've got, Mr. Skullhead, that you don't have? I have a box. And on the outside of the box is my name. And on the inside of the box is some dry ice and then a cow's tongue, liver, and heart. 
Are you trying to gain the the power of the cow by some? I uh, like because they're just gonna get thrown away otherwise, and I kind of like liver. I figure, sure. you know what? Sure. It, like my mom is already carrying bag back a bag of this cow meat when she comes back from from back home next time, and so I was like, you know, tongue is pretty good. Maybe I could convince people to eat that. Have you eaten cow tongue? I haven't had any cow tongue yet. No. It, are, it, like how how are, what are your sensibilities as far as stuff like that goes? Like, are you disgusted by that idea and you would never ever eat it? It uh, no. I'll try just about anything food wise. If it was like cow tongue basted in sugar and chocolate, probably not. Well, right. But I mean, like I had it at a taco stand. I had a taco that was made of cow tongue, right? And it was like, huh, that looks gross, but it tastes like prime rib. That was pretty good. Uh, uh, You know, it's, it's always been weird to me. Like, people... People who are grossed out by the by the idea of like eating squirrel or or rabbit rabbit less so because you can say like well go to any restaurant in France and you can order a fucking rabbit like it is not weird to eat rabbit and it's kind of delicious yeah it's pretty good uh, and you know like I grew up eating squirrel and it's like well you know it's not this is not like what I would choose to eat every day but it's like why wouldn't you eat that right why why is eating a cow not weird and eating a squirrel is weird why is eating a goat weird to some people but not other people why is eating a dog frowned on here you know like and so to me like parts of the cow it's kind of the same thing right like i have to say that i'm a little queasy about tripe and brains and i don't know that i would try either of those things in a taco i've had even though have you not had menudo I have not had menudo. It, uh, you know, like, the flavor is fine. The texture is really off-putting. Especially really? as uh, my brother-in-law served it to us as the, like, hangover cure breakfast food. Oh, okay. And I got a couple of bites into it. Just like, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't do this. I can't handle this texture. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, my, my, I asked for the tongue and the liver and then my grandpa jokingly asked if i also wanted the heart and i was like fuck yes i want the heart like i, I may not cook it and eat it because i can't imagine that that's very good right but what i might do is wear it on a chain around my neck and put on a superhero mask and go around uh pretending to be captain beefheart oh nice yeah. i think it would be better if you just hung it around your neck and had like a captain's hat oh yeah that'd be good that'd be better because yeah, I was thinking like Captain America, but yeah, yeah, thinking more like Captain Stubing, <laughs> right? Captain Crunch. Those are the only captains. Go, you could go dressed as Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Ooh, yeah. In other news, you could shave your head. Never. Never um, again. If I shave my head, my hair will never grow back. You should go That's for the, Go for them. You should go for the mohawk, man. Should I? Reclaim that mohawk of your youth. But tall mohawk? I don't think I can get away with that anymore. Yeah, I guess a mohawk with gray in it is kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, uh, even if you are a guy who is closer to 30 than 20, 
uh, you can't really pull off a mohawk, but as a guy who's closer to 40 than 30, I absolutely can't pull off a mohawk. Right. I mean, I think if I ever was going to shave my head, you know, which I could imagine doing, say, solidarity for chemotherapy or uh, impending chemotherapy. Um, sure. Like, I would probably... I would probably go Mohawk as an intermediary step. Sure. And By then, the way, uh, a, a serving size of meat is two to three ounces. Okay. Your daily intake should be uh, about seven ounces each day, which, you know, every time that we have steak at home, we get like a pound of steak and cut it in half and like shave a little off for the kid. So apparently I'm just way over my quota. No, w- wouldn't you be at like exactly your quota? I'm at like an ounce, an ounce over. It depends on how much the kid eats. He's responsible yeah. for my... We also do red meat like every third day, maybe. And how much of it is fat and bone, too? I mean, I don't know what kind of steaks you get, but... I get uh, bone fat brand. Oh, bone fat brand steaks. Uh, I mean, because some of the, you know, the, the, the weight, you don't eat the entire weight of it either, right? And it also loses some weight when you cook it. I wonder if they're talking about pre-cooked weight. I don't know. We get well, you know, what, uh, you know what Nightmare did? Uh, speaking of bone fat... He made. He brought over some uh, pork ribs and hmm. grilled them, and that was pretty good. I don't think I'd ever had. Uh, I don't think I'd ever had like pork ribs from anywhere but a restaurant before. Yeah. Cool story, huh? Cool story. Indeed. Meaty donut rights. Will we ever see a spleen equivalent of the Ode de Booze and Milk of Magnesium? No. Nope. 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 Uh, B. Smith says, "Is the ghost of the English language related to the ghostwriter in Fernsworthy's basement?" I don't remember anything about the ghostwriter in Spurnsworthy's basement. He, uh... He's basically ghostwriter, only he's at a typewriter. I, uh... So... No, I, th- I think of, like, the ghost of the English language is actually a, a once-living person who passed away and wanders around bemoaning the state of affairs. Like, the ghostwriter is, a like, a spirit of vengeance. He was never alive. He's a he's a demonic specter of your impending doom if you don't know how the fuck to type. I saw a uh, a preview for um, the. Apparently, they've greenlit because there is no god. Uh, Ghost Rider Two. Yeah. Uh, with Buzz Cage in it. Uh, and the preview, I. It is, it is difficult for something to offend my sensibilities the way that this preview offended my sensibilities. But at the end of the preview, a little kid says to Nicolas Cage, what if you have to pee while you're on fire? And Nicolas Cage says, it's awesome. And I was like, okay, you know, that's kind of funny. But then the preview okay. cuts to 10 seconds of Ghost Rider pissing a giant gout of flame. Yeah. I saw that, and it seems like one of those things where they're going, well, we made a terrible movie, and uh, we listened to everybody on the internet tell us how it was terrible and what they wanted to see, and now we're going to make that movie. So it's it's going to be fucking awful. Yeah, like, I mean, do you think Snakes on a Plane was made significantly worse by the internet-demanded changes? I don't think so, but I I think there is a specific kind of, like, listening to feedback from people who aren't qualified to give it and uh, just kind of aiming at a market that doesn't really exist and you end up with like if the two dumbest people in the room were writing the script 
I mean, Ghost Rider must have made enough money to justify the the creation of a sequel. Yeah, it did. But That's people complained that it wasn't dark enough. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah. So this one will be darker and have key jokes that are in the preview. Right. The preview into a P-view, Mr. Skullhead. Uh, Mana Yachinichu says, Also, we know how much one stench damage is, a single month's worth of concentrated hand sweat, but what about the other damage types? What is one sleeve's worth? Somebody suggests, uh, Henway? Huh. Uh, yeah. Trying to trick somebody into saying what's a Henway. Pretty funny. It's a, the, the uh, a st- one sleeve's damage is equivalent to one dick four. Yeah. And then they say, what's a dick for? And you say, fucking skanks. For pooping, silly. That's how the joke goes, right? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. M. Steeler says, are the different trade abilities on the generic potions intentional or just an oversight? As in, the generic healing potion is tradable but not discardable, while the restoration and mana potions are the opposite, discardable but not tradable. They're meant to all be the same now, and I thought that I fixed them. Let's see. Discardable, tradable... Discardable, tradable, discardable. Yeah, I have fixed those, and they're all the same now. This, I think this was posted after I made that change, so I don't know, man. Uh, <clears throat> and people talking about how they wish that I would just make multi-use the default on things. So... If something is not multi-usable and, and it seems like it should be multi-usable, it is often because I have forgotten to check the box that says multi-usable and not because I've forgotten to code it to be multi-usable. But, so the situation that we have now where multi-use is not turned on by default is if I forget to check that box, you will sometimes have to click something twice um, if you want to use it twice instead of being able to right-click it and say two or click multi say to whatever however that works I don't even know anymore um, if multi-use was checked by default and I didn't code something to be multi-usable what would happen is you would use a hundred of them and it would consume them all and give you the effects of one of them which I think is worse than the minor inconvenience and somebody having to remind me to mark the thing multi-usable so that's why things aren't mar- marked multi-usable by default with with normal potions the way that those are generalized now anything that has Anything that you can click on and see the name of the effect that it gives you in the description is categorized as a potion. And so is should be multi-usable by default, but there are cases where they can't be. And so we I make it so you have to check that box in the spindler to make it so a thing is multi-usable because it could screw you out of items if we don't do it that way. Um, and, and that's why. Let's see. Anyway, if somebody... There used to be a thread that was list of items that should be made multi-usable. And I would look at it every once in a while, and then I would go in and code things to be multi-usable. Ah, but I haven't seen that thread in a while. Oh, let's see. What do you think would happen, says Zen Warbitan, if you poured a potion of X-ray vision into a telescope? Um, I think you would be able to go to wherever Jimmy Stewart lived and look at the bones of a lot of boobs. I don't understand you. (laughs) Well, 
So Jimmy Stewart looked at boobs in a telescope. Oh, right. Sure. In Rear Window. I don't know what... What was the movie where Jimmy Stewart was looking through a telescope? Rear Window, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, and if you poured x-ray vision into it, you'd be able to see the boobs bones. The Sometimes boob- referred to as ribs or tibs. Titty bones? Tit ribs. Tibs. Titty bones. Catatonic uh, Monkey writes, The new Friars Quest and Pandemonium have been, have been out a while now, and it's a great change that pretty much everyone loves. However, there's a problem. The non-combats and Infernal Rackets backstage when you get the items from the band still have no images. I need art to be fully satisfied by this revamp. When can I expect my due recompense? Uh, let's see. I need Art Garfunkel to be satisfied with this revamp. Mm-hmm. Yep. I saw this Photoshop contest that was putting uh, Lieutenant Worf on album covers and winner which I think was the best one by a long shot uh, that I saw was Lieutenant Warp standing behind Paul Simon on the bridge over troubled water Uh, dude says Draco Krakona we had to wait years for the Friars Quest to get replaced from a placeholder what's another few years yeah it's always good to have at least one of those things with the no art gif in there um so that people will know that it's still a work in progress, that we still love you. You could just make nice. the images be the um, picture of the item you get. Yeah, I'd have to make it. I'd have to either draw a big one or make a uh, make a hundred by hundred graphic with that sitting in the middle of it. It's still yeah. some work to do it, and by that point, I might as well just draw something, right? Sure. Yeah, uh, sure maybe. yeah, and then yeah. top one two one four says, "Dude, we had to wait years to get the pyramid art." Uh, you know, I could also make it so I could put item images in adventure images. I mean, uh, you know, that's you can you can do anything. You are uh, your only limit is yourself. Uh, any ideas? Says Fufu Bunny Slayer. When we'll see the currently in progress, hopefully still being worked on clan dungeon pre Crimbo? Absolutely not. Post Crimbo? Absolutely not. Two weeks. Sure. Huh. Also, how goes the crimbo planning? Or am I thinking a couple months too early in advance? We fucked up and didn't have our our swimming pool rendezvous this year. Yeah, I will try and get a design document up in the next couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Although, wait, I don't know what that word means. Those words mean. I will try and get a vague outline up in the next couple of weeks. Okay. You got you got ideas. You got something cooking. You got some. You got a bun in the oven. I'm kind of hoping that when I sit down and write Plan for Crimbo 2011 that uh, the the goodness will just flow out of me. You know, I, I didn't go into the making a system for the September item with any concrete ideas, just things that had been kind of floating in the periphery. So Yeah, and you rocked, you rocked the house on that. One of these days I'm going to go to the place where, like, ideas just coalesce and magically happen and nothing will be there, so hopefully it won't be this year. Do you think that that, like, I know you're joking, but, well, maybe you're not joking. Do you think that that's true? The what? Do you think that people run out of ideas? No. I don't either. I I cannot conceive of a time when I can think that I'm not, that, that I like, oh, well, I want to make something, but I have no idea what to make. Like, I just can't conceive of that. It's like, it's just a fear, you know, like, well, I wrote the a six-issue arc for this comic, but 
if I sit down to try and write uh, like synopsis for the next six issues, there's just going to be nothing there, and it'll be yeah. blank and terrifying, and that like that makes it less likely to happen than something that yeah. would actually prevent yeah. there from being something. I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't get writer's block. I get pre-writer's block anxiety that has a, a very similar symptom set, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I will often, like, I'll get hung up on something, right? If I'm just like, all right, so now what I have to do is I have to go through these 30 items and write descriptions for them. Sometimes I will just get hung up on one and not be able to think of anything to put there. But then I'm just like, Scully, I can't think of anything for this. And then you write a description for it. You know, but if I, if I let myself, I would sit there for two hours and not finish the other 39 Instead of just spending, you know, the 20 minutes that it takes to write the other 39 things and, you know, put that one off or, or whatever. It's weird. It's like, the anxiety about, like, being unable to do things. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, I guess that's just part of being alive, right? Like, you, you are always going to have this fear that you will suddenly be incapable of doing the things that you need to do in order to like sustain yourself, right? Yeah. Sure. I mean that that anxiety translates into drive. So you wouldn't would you not have drive without that anxiety? I don't know. I feel like I would get a lot more written if I didn't have that like well, I could start writing this, but it would probably turn to shit halfway through. And I would never finish it, so I just won't start. Or that yeah. may that may be an excuse. Like maybe I don't really have that much to write, so you know, I don't know. I would probably produce a whole lot more bullshit if I didn't have that. But then I would also, just by sheer numbers game, would end up with more cool stuff too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had a lot of projects that got started, and a lot of projects that got conceived, and a lot of things that were just like, you know never went anywhere and then with KOL I was like you know what fuck it I'm just gonna write down whatever comes into my head <laughs> and uh, just try and try and follow through on a non-plan since I'm so bad at following through on plan plans oh let's see Michael Ryan says would you think of adding player basements through an item of the month or maybe through an even later Fernsworthy basement reward I just love player houses slash basements in games and it'd be awesome if we got one I know there's the clan basement but that's not real personal to be honest I can't think of a practical use for it at the moment though I think the deeper problem with that is not Kingdom of Loathing is not a game that really has places in it so I mean you got your campsite which is very much player housing right yeah I think everybody always says of every MMO that they want player housing. And I don't think that anyone actually wants player housing. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, because I don't know that there is really anything meaningful to do with player housing. I've never heard a single instance of a game being like, oh yeah, I really like this because I had a house that I could push it on the walls, except for like Minecraft for instance, where the only thing that there is in the game is stuff that you built and then you could, you know, you can either look at it yourself and walk around in it or you can have other people come in and do it, but that that required 
Ultima Online style world where you can make something and it's there in the world for everyone which you can't really do in a game that has a significant number of people playing it. You know, even Ultima Online had this just, like, sort of sprawl. You know, like, Star Wars Galaxies. Like, I, the one time I played Star Wars Galaxies, I, like, was like, all right, cool, I'm going to just wander around and see what's out here in the world. And it turned out that what was out there in the world was a city called Moss Psycho, <laughs> where this dude just murdered me as soon as I walked in. And I was like, wow, that's a, just a fucking blight. This is just a machine for creating blight. And uh, I. this is terrible. This is terrible, and it deserves to fail. But, you know, I'm sure people really enjoyed building Moss Psycho. It just didn't actually add any value to anything. Huh. I don't know, man. Can you imagine, like... You don't... You've never really played any MMOs, right? Sure. Like, you never got into any of them. I mean... I just don't know what it would mean for me to, like, build a house in World of Warcraft. And I think that the guys at Blizzard also don't know what it would mean for you to build a house. And that's why they haven't used their considerable resources to try and add that feature to a game. Because they understand that there's not really any value in it. I mean, what is... <clears throat> where does Minecraft fit into that? Uh, it is not a... I mean, Minecraft, like... It's certainly not an MMORPG, right? I guess. No, I mean it's it is yeah. uh, it is nothing but a sandbox, right? I mean it, it's you can make us you can make a world and let people into it, but like if you make a world that you let anyone into, all it is is dicks made out of fire, right? Uh, Which is what it would be if you just let anybody like if anyone could just build whatever they wanted in the real world, the real world would be full of giant flaming dick statues. Right. Right? You you can't. You know, there are laws about property and stuff like that. A Minecraft server where you only let in like-minded people who aren't going to build giant dicks and set them on fire is awesome. Right? Yeah. And that's that is a it, it is like a like a, a collaborative creative endeavor that is just really really compelling and fun. But if if they were like, "Oh hey, it's time for World of Minecraft." where there's just one world and everybody can come in and just play Minecraft in it, it would be a fucking nightmare. Hmm. You know? And it, it's like, you just kind of can't, you can't let people do that because the 1% would ruin it for everyone. Hmm. And, you know, it's, it's aggravating. Like, so anything that you let people do that is expressive in a game like that, you have to keep on such a tight leash so that it can't be used for evil that it is not interesting, I think. Hmm. And it's also, you can't, you know, like, I have not seen the way that they handle player housing in Lord of the Rings Online. I know that they do it, and I think what happens is you, like, go into a particular part of a village or whatever, and then you get sent into the one instance where you own a house, and then your house is over there, but, like, in somebody else's game, that's their house and not your house. Like... The only way it would kind of make sense is if you had, like... Like, let's imagine that the new Star Wars game comes out and there is, like, Coruscant on it or something. And you could, conceivably, around the playable area of a big spaceship city, have high-rise apartments with hundreds of thousands of spaces that could potentially be occupied by apartments. Okay. 
then you could have an apartment that was your apartment that you could fly to. And then maybe you could fly to somebody else's apartment if you were in a group with them and see what they've done to the inside of their apartment. But like without the kind of, you know, like, oh, this is a gigantic city conceit to make it so having your own apartment meant something. Yeah, I don't know. That's why I really like the abstraction afforded to us by the fact that, that KOL is essentially a single-player game joined at an economy, right? Because right. you can you can make change in the world. You can kill the Goblin King, and the next time you walk past there, the Goblin King is still dead. You don't see some other dude saying, hey, can you help me kill the Goblin King? And you're like, what? I just killed that guy. You know, and it's not immersive at all, but it's it's a world. It's a game. It's got a story. Yeah, I think there are plenty of outlets for you if you want to build a virtual space and customize it and invite people to look at it. Yeah. Just uh, once you run out of turns per day on Kingdom, just go to Second Life and build a giant flaming dick castle. There you go. I uh, I do often wish that there were more opportunities in KOL for people to do creative stuff you know because i mean that you, you can be expressive in text whatever but like the jack-o'-lanterns were pretty cool right like i saw some stuff yeah. like we made that set of tools for the jack-o'-lanterns and i was like oh wow people have done some really surprising stuff with that you know they put things that, even though it was a fairly simple palette of tools i i added stuff to it until a random selection convinced me that it was a sufficient set of pieces that it could be expressive hmm yeah. Um, and and you know I think it was a surprisingly small number of things that it took for people to start doing stuff that I didn't expect. You know, like you know there's like crazy things like oh I used this one particular eye and this one other eye and this other mouth and kind of made it look like the face was on there upside down at an angle. And I'm like ah that's clever. You know there's, a, there's they did cool stuff. I wish there was more stuff like that, but again when Biggs Dig was out there, the first thing everybody did was draw cock and balls. With do the spaces that dug up. Do you suppose they did that specifically because they figured you would want that? Maybe, like, yeah. To get to get your goat. Every time, every time I see a cock and balls, I think, "Ooh, is that for me?" Right. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon says, "I just finished building a Lego model the other day, and as always, there were three or four extra little bits left over. Usually, I'll try to just stick these leftovers on the model somewhere where they seem to fit or where they will not be noticeable. So, question for fellow Lego maniac." What do you do with all the extra bits that come with your models? I just put them in this. I've got a little Tupperware bin for all the extra bits. I wouldn't, like, putting them on the model in a place where they seem to fit is fucking heresy. Yeah. The way that I approach Legos these days. Like, you follow the fucking instructions. That's what you do. And then when you're done with the instructions, you're done with the Legos. Now it's a thing to look at and not a thing to play with. Yeah. Uh, because now I use Legos like an old-ass man. Man, I got a uh, a totally sweet Lego set for my birthday. It was the Harry Potter thing, right? Well, yeah, I got that from Jess, but then, uh, like, my parents are always bugging me to give them ideas for gifts for me, even though, like, I'm kind of fine not getting birthday presents these days. Like, yeah. I'm 35, or 34. Yeah, but my, my mom does the same thing, and it always... Yeah. It always makes me happy when I think of something to tell her because I know that it makes her happy to have something to get me. Yeah, like something that you would like to have but you wouldn't buy for yourself but is still cheap enough that somebody you'd be comfortable with somebody buying it for you. Yeah. Like, uh, So this thing is a uh, Lego Connects uh, themed on Mario Kart. 
So it came huh. with two little motorized cars that you kind of trick out with Legos to be Mario and Luigi's cars, and a bunch of track and uh, like a little thwomp mechanism that you build that you have little like spring-loaded thwomps that you can bang down on the track. So the just the little cars like run around the track. You can thwomp them, and that's awesome. It, it is kind of totally rad, and I've seen now that there are like twelve expansions to the thing. Is it an actual like, Lego product? Like chain chomps and fireballs and shit. Yeah, it's a Lego connects. So most of it is like the sticks and gears that connects have. But then, like, it has little Lego people. Like the Mario and Luigi figures aren't exactly minifigs. They're bigger, and not like the standard height. But yeah, no, totally awesome. But it had like just enough random leftover pieces to make me feel like I had missed something in the instructions. Right, like they looked really necessary to go somewhere, and they, it wasn't like one of each kind of gear left over. It was like a single one of the gray ones, and then two of the little stud pieces. And I have not, you know, the the giant uh, Millennium Falcon model, the like five thousand piece Millennium Falcon model. Mm-hmm. Both mine and Riffs came with an entire additional bag of like probably a hundred little two by three angled gray pieces. Huh. So there, there had to have just been some like endemic manufacturing issue with those, but that, that was super weird. Like it was like, Oh wow. Did you end up with a, like a hundred extra identical pieces in a bag that was there for no reason? It's like, yep. Um, and I believe that from looking at sets that both I and Riff have put together, that the extra pieces are the same across sets. So I think that maybe some of those extra pieces are due to their 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 like assembly process getting screwed up. Uh-huh. Like just somebody that day read the thing wrong, and instead of dropping two pieces into the hopper every time one went past, they dropped three in there hmm. or whatever. Um, and some of them I think might be because these pieces only come in sets of two or something. Like by including by including an extra piece, they were able to put two identical bags in every set. You know, like if you had a hundred pieces that you needed two of, or no, you had a hundred pieces that you needed four of, and one that you needed three of, you could just put two of all of those pieces into a bag and then manufacture those bags and do quality control on those bags and then just toss two of those bags in a set instead of having to do the quality control process for two separate bags that differed by only one piece. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, so it makes some kind of sense from a logistical point of view. I would love to go see how they put Lego sets together. Yeah. Like, I think that's the thing that would bore most people, but I would be really excited to just, like, tour whatever factory they... Not not manufacture the Legos, because I don't give a shit about that, how they assemble the sets is what I want to see. Yeah, like is it a bunch of really interesting machines or is it a bunch of Chinese people making $4 an hour? Yeah. All right, well, hey, it's about time. About time for what? About time to be done doing this show. Clickety-clack, clack, clickety-clack, clack. Clack, clack. I've had a good time, Mr. Skullhead. It just flew by. It was, uh, I'm surprised that it's over. And a little yeah, sad. Yeah, we got halfway through this questions thread too, so that's pretty cool. Sweet. We'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you next week then. 
fellas, mm-hmm. ladies, ladies. Good night, everybody. <laughs>